0: I'm going to give you a statistic, and I quote a source. You're not going to believe this either. Nuclear plants run 90% of the time. How long does it take to pay back their construction costs? Maybe like five years. I was going to say three years. Six weeks, if you don't count the regulatory costs. Wow. Six,
1: Get six out. Weeks. Love and light, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of El Podcast. The greatest virtual happy hour in the world i am your host kai primo and i am joined by my fiance jesse wright and if you've just discovered our channel and are not yet subscribed please subscribe on youtube and also you can find us on spotify apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from we will be talking about censorship which is quite a threat to of freedom of speech the very first amendment to discuss this topic we brought back robert yoho who retired from the medical profession and now focuses his energy on writing and whistleblowing in the healthcare industry this comes with a lot of risks censorship being canceled He's quite the freedom fighter, and so we're very happy to have you back, Robert. Thank you so much for coming back.
0: It's my pleasure, Kai. I've got to do the 10-second disclaimer. This is not medical advice. If you have an illness, see your doctor and use anything here at your own risk. So sorry about that. I've spent a lot of time and effort getting it all together, but yeah, you got to protect yourself against idiot lawsuits.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm going to let Jesse ask the first question.
0: How did the left go from... Being the
2: political party of freedom of speech, workers' rights, anti-war, and kind of counterculture to now being the political party that is supporting authoritarian-style lockdowns, squashing free speech, whether it's in the schools or online, and canceling actual experts such as yourself or Dr. Robert Malone, and even supporting the war in Ukraine, which... The left was always anti-war. This left party has just gone extremely far, far left. They're calling the Republicans the fascists when they really are the fascists. The left wing became the fascist party. (laughs) No,
0: no, of course I I see it. And uh, RFK Jr. is the one to ask that question, too. And he's always continually shocked by his colleagues who have seemed to have embraced totalitarian ideas. But there's an author named Whitney Webb who wrote a two-volume series called One Nation Under Blackmail and published it in 2022, who details the history over the last century of what has happened to the Democratic Party, Democrat Party. She maintains that they have been infiltrated by Mobsters and criminals for an entire century, and that their behavior has gradually gotten worse. But of course, our life spans don't include that. And Kennedy's feeling as he grew up was these people are very idealistic. And Jesse, I applaud you for using the proper name, left, and not progressive. The progressive is their sanitized version of the uh, the truth, isn't it? words have power,
2: which is why the left is trying to censor them. I find it to be comical when people still refer to people on the left as progressive. They're not progressive, they're regressive. It's like the book 1984 with doublespeak. The whole equity, inclusion, and diversity is the complete opposite of being inclusive. They're not tolerant. When you see racism everywhere... You are the racist, aren't you? If you're looking at everything in life through the lens of racism, isn't that textbook definition of racism is judging things based on the color of skin or
0: some type of other attribute that is physical? Yeah, the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter and the Defund the Police movement are all racist objectives, whether it's demonizing white people as being a white supremacists or whatever it is. It's a reality inversion, and that's the classic hallmark of what we're seeing is we're seeing gaslighting, which means telling whatever they're saying is the exact opposite of reality. It's a psychopathic agenda, which is meant to confuse everyone to the point where we just give up. So you have to realize that all of these themes we're seeing, every last one of these about 15 agendas are an exact opposite of the truth. I can go over all those things that I talked about in my new book, Cassandra's Memo. You guys know who Cassandra was, right? Cassandra was a Trojan princess who Zeus wanted to get in the hay, and she was given the power of prophecy. But when she changed her mind about Zeus, he took away her ability to be believed. So Cassandra has entered the vernacular as someone who knows the future but is never believed and that's what is happening now because of all this censorship the people who know what's going on and who have found the truth are being ignored frequently ignored and they're being actively censored this is the central premise of american law is freedom of speech if we don't have that every other Right and freedom can be adulterated. But with freedom of speech, and we have to continue to work at that and try to spread the word about what's really happening. With freedom of speech, we have a chance to restore things. And the U.S. Constitution has the ability, if it's deployed properly, to win every fight and to beat every evil. We have to somehow get the word out about what's actually happening. And so people understand it. And they know that these agendas which are being promoted by psychopaths. That's got a specific definition, which we can get into later. And that's the premise of Cassandra's memo, my book. But they're being promoted by psychopaths, and they're exactly the opposite of reality. They are literally, they're lies, but they're worse than lies. It's 180 degrees wrong.
1: What's in it for them, this movement of silencing us, taking away our freedom to speak or even have an opinion slowly, a lot of these groups, such as Black Lives Matter or Antifa, are funded by big money. George Soros, we might have to bleep out his name because we'll get censored, but he puts in a ton of money into this thing. But what's in it What's in it
0: for him? It's a great question. The whole thing seems irrational to any objective observer. You can't imagine what destroying the world's economy, what good it would do to a billionaire because they'll make them less wealthy. The money is not it. These people are they're flawed humans they've been designated as sociopaths or psychopaths by the people who know and what this means is that they don't have a normal operating system of values and their actual value is in destroying maiming and killing other people occasionally killing other people they're kind of genetic sadists they don't do anything productive they basically steal and bribe and embezzle their way into whatever they're doing and you wouldn't think that would be adaptive or constructive policy but it turns out to be the most adaptive it's stunningly adaptive for people at the top of the current hierarchy the people at the top of corporations and this is acknowledged by the experts and they're basically scum of the earth now the answer to your question is their agenda is not monetary their agenda is to damage everyone else around them, and they find satisfaction in that. Now, this just sounds like it's just too unbelievable to be true. But when you look at all these different agendas that are being promoted now, from the vaccine to the manufacture of the COVID virus, to the transgender movement, to stealing our money with money printing, which is destined to bring down our economy, and many other agendas, they're psychopathic, in origin. They don't make any sense in terms of economics. In short run, they may make some money. Obviously, the COVID vaccine is the most profitable product in history, not just medication in history. I don't want to quote a figure, but it's between 50 and $100 billion in one year they made on that thing. And there are virtually no marketing costs because they've got the government's co-opted to do this. We have a network of psychopaths in the world today and you mentioned Soros, we know Gates, his stated agenda is population control. Well, this is yesterday's problem. Population is not an issue now. We know the trends and the demographics of our current population. And in fact, the developed countries, they're not at replacement reproduction to keep their populations going. Despite the better reproduction in the third world, is destined to increase for another decade or two and then decline. We know the numbers. It doesn't make any sense. But in psychopath terms, it makes sense. And they're reusing some words that were used by the Nazis who were psychopaths and who we dissected under a forensic microscope at Nuremberg, such as useless eaters.
1: We keep going down this path and we're completely divided. There are a lot of people now that just, don't make sense and they're trying to control the other side like you can't say this you can't do this and we won't hire you because you're white then you have the homelessness the drug epidemic the streets are now looking more and more like gotham isn't that going to affect them too we're going to see a lot more los angeles and seattle and a lot of these liberal cities that's going to kind of spread across the nation and then you can't speak out more and more of your rights doesn't that affect them eventually as well
0: well, you're, Kai, I think first of all, I wouldn't predict the future if I were you. I don't think Los Angeles is quite as bad as you think it is. Maybe you think it's like the escape from Alcatraz movie or something like that. But, uh, it's, yeah, know, you're it's right. not, it's not quite that bad. Things are contained. Things are still working and we have a chance to defeat these agendas. But, they're completely irrational. They're not based on making money or improving things or doing good in the world. These people are psychopaths, and they basically have a faulty operating system. It, they're probably a 1% of the population. So you know some psychopaths. I know some psychopaths. I know some partial psychopaths. I've run into these people. For example, in the New York housing market, there's an entity called uh, Co-ops, And they are legal arrangements between people in condos, which are different than anywhere else in the country. And the co-ops, when one of those things gets sold, if they let a billionaire into the mix, the billionaire will intimidate the rest of them with lawsuits frequently. You know, the the psychopathy or psychopathic behavior in billionaires is higher than it is in ordinary people because they had to do something to get to where they are. There are psychopathic behaviors all around. I met a physician who I learned later had sued everyone, 360 degrees surrounding him. He had suits against his patients, occasionally one. He just enjoyed the process. He must have had family money because it wasn't a profitable activity. He sued contractors. They sued him. He sued tenants. They sued him. I mean, it's just insane. The use of the legal system for this stuff is behavior that we would regard as being very abnormal um so
1: yeah i i i totally see what what you're saying and uh yeah apologies if i kind of was like all doom and gloom i was i was seeing a lot of youtube videos that you know (laughs) of uh of of uh skid row and stuff like that lately but
0: it is very dystopian now things don't look good every part of our constitutional amendments have been damaged except for the second. Now, there seems to be a strong defense of the second, which is the right to bear arms. And that is an ultimate defense against an aggressive government, which God forbid we'd ever have to do that. Right now, it's essentially a very important defense against street crime, which is increasing in these Democrat-led cities. Most recently, we have Dr. Jordan
2: Peterson, the psychiatrist from Canada that is now having to undergo re-education therapy. Have you been
0: censored personally? Well, the first thing is you have to realize you're talking to a very small animal. Major censorship or retaliation against me is not something I've seen, but I have seen my videos thrown off of YouTube and censored off of Spotify and so on. I'm aware of the problems with these people's professional license, like Jordan Peterson, the professional licensure organizations have been co-opted by the international cabal of psychopaths. I hate to use this word, insane narrative, because it's not insane. They've got a different operating system that has been promoted by the American Federation of State Medical Boards in the United States. This group has shadowy funding. They don't admit where they're funded from, but they have some sort of relationship to all the state medical boards. They have managed to co-opt the medical boards into censoring people who even talk about the truths going on now with the vaccine and COVID. In California, we passed a law that says that anybody telling the truth about the, about it doesn't say this, but this is actually the effect of it. Telling the truth about COVID or the vaccine can lose their medical license. Now this thing will be overturned. We've got active lawyers here and the federal courts seem to have reached into their panties and found a set of balls, right? <laughs> That's a joke Kai. You're supposed to laugh. <laughs> so they're, uh, You know, it will be overturned. The courts are still intact to some degree, but the medical boards, they're kind of draconian organizations and they're in each state and their function is to censure bad doctors and to control doctors who are out of control if they're still deemed appropriate for practice. In California, they're censoring something like 10% of us during our practice lifetime, which is a very large number. We're an exceedingly select group with what I used to think were high ideals until I, the events of the last couple of years. So they are actually hassling people like Jordan Peterson. He's in a place that's almost completely crazy, which is Canada. And their political leanings are such that his conservative views have ruffled the feathers of these people who are in bed with the powers that be they've sanctioned him in typical ways which is they claim he's crazy right and make him re-educate about his viewpoints which is dystopian as stalinist the playbook almost seems to be 1984 we've got this caricature klaus schwab who seems to me like a gaslighting item. In other words, he is just up there to intimidate everyone and make everyone think that the world is, the end is nigh. And so he needs to be ignored because he seems like an actor in a play to me. And gaslighting is, the definition of that is inverting reality, telling lies that are almost the exact opposite of what is true in order to intimidate or confuse a victim. The term was introduced in Relationships where someone would be in a spousal or a, a intimate relationships and try to control the other person with lies to throw them off completely and to make them vulnerable to manipulation and control. That's what we're seeing today. We have many agendas that are strictly gaslighting. They are 180 degree opposite of reality. But the problem is we've got these people under 30 who have swallowed the crazy pill and believe they're all true. They believe men are women, and they believe that carbon is bad for the earth. They believe that it's reasonable to print money in ad finitum and destroy our financial system. Um, they, they, They believe that the COVID vaccine might save us instead of killing millions and millions of people worldwide, possibly 25 million people. The funniest thing is these people who, they never believe a thing except for what they hear on the mainstream news. But When one of their athletic heroes drops dead, they identify so closely with these sports figures, it's almost like they're part of their family. The thing that convinces people is if it happens to them, and if your son drops dead or your wife drops dead, you have a larger chance of figuring out what the reality is. Brad Pitt said in World War Z, it's a zombie movie, his character said something to the effect that people don't realize reality until it happens to them. In other words, they don't realize we're in zombie apocalypse until they see a zombie or two.
1: Yeah. Have you Commentary. there's this new other book, I think it just came out. It's called Cause Unknown. We're gonna go get that one and read that one. Have you heard of this one? The epidemic of sudden deaths in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Children's health defense. And these kids are perfectly healthy kids, they're just suddenly dying and while playing sports, things like that. And it's so you
0: know the answer. You know the answer to this question, Kai, I'm sure. As is rhetorical, so you can get me to step into the box here. But yeah,
1: so we can cut up a clip.
0: So, (laughs) obviously, what is happening is the vaccine is maiming and killing people. And this thing has reduced our lifespans by two to three years over the last two years. This did not happen until the vaccine was introduced. In other words, COVID had no effect on the average lifespan. And statistical changes like this are an impossibility with chance alone. The chances of the lifespan declining by two to three years in two years are one in trillions, unless there's a causal factor. The causal factor is well known because of all the evidence surrounding the vaccine. We've got all these case reports, which are quite convincing. We have insurance data that shows the um, increase in mortality. We have the live births declining by 30% in Taiwan and heavily vaccinated areas, 15% in the rest of the world. These are statistics that could not occur by chance alone, and they are correlated in time super closely with the vaccine rollout. And we have the VARES reports, which demonstrate for sure tens of thousands of deaths in the United States. And the underreporting could be by a factor of a hundred. That's a voluntary database where we're supposed to report vaccine injuries. It's hard to get into. It's hard to report. It's obviously unreported. It shows horrifying trends. And the idea that this is a mystery is a mainstream media gaslighting. It's turned on its head. The real people who know the science, the real scholars in medicine, understand that we are destroying a huge swath of the populace and probably injuring and increasing the disease and its incidence and the rest. The the, uh, spike protein continues to be manufactured inside the circulatory systems of anyone who's had the vaccine. How long it lasts, we don't know. Whether it can be gotten rid of, we don't know. But the chances of getting cancer, recurrent cancer, other inflammatory diseases, heart attacks, stroke, it's gone up phenomenally. And so, no, there's no mystery about any of that stuff. And I don't, I'm not familiar with that book, but I hope, I hope they don't present the thing as a mystery. I hope it's a who done it with an answer.
1: Yeah, I definitely can't wait to check it out. Also has a foreword by RFK. So yeah, it's it's just interesting that we need more and more of this information, but the ones that do put it out there are called conspiracy theorists and you're just crazy, but they control the narrative. With the release of the Twitter files, basically there's immense evidence that the government and a lot of the powers that be who's controlling this control the narrative on COVID. They didn't allow an opposition. Now with the release of the Twitter files, do you think we get our freedom to speak back? Or it has to get worse first? Like...
0: Okay. So back up for a second. You mentioned this conspiracy theory idea, and I'm just going to remind the listeners that conspiracy theory as a term was invented as a gaslighting procedure during the follow-up of the John F. Kennedy assassination. Basically, we had a very improbable situation and we were all told to believe it was true. We had the murderer killed by another murderer within a day or two or whatever it was. Eventually, we saw films that completely disproved the government's theory, the Warren Commission, which was supposed to. Anyway, so if you still believe that jfk was killed by a lone assassin assassin you believe in the easter bunny if you believe that the cia didn't do it i i don't know what to tell you that's rfk jr's belief and he's probably the worldwide foremost expert on this because he lived through it and it's been the central focus of his life trying to figure that stuff out so do i think things are gonna get worse before they get better and do i think the twitter files are into the censorship well my best wild guess about it, and I have no inside information, is that Musk has decided to do the right thing, and he has a genuine appreciation for our system. He is definitely a rogue agent as far as his handlers go. There have been people who have presented the idea that he's another form of gaslighting, but I would prefer to have Twitter the way it is than the way it was. It does seem like there are some cracks in the dam. Have you guys heard of the limited hangout idea? This is something that (laughs) this is something that was developed. I laugh just because it's dark. It's like when people died in the emergency room when I worked there, we would all sit around and laugh weakly about it because we felt like we failed and we had to make some jokes. But the limited hangout idea was something that Ehrlichman and Nixon's other lieutenant told to Nixon as an idea and it was recorded and this thing got out into the vernacular the concept was they would feed parts of the story out but either lie or conceal other parts of the story lie about or conceal other parts of the story so that's a limited hangout so it's possible that Musk is a form of limited hangout he's controlled because of his history and it's got his money based on tax structures and so on and so forth, but I don't quite believe that. The whole system and the whole scene seems too dynamic to me to be controlled, all controlled opposition or all this or all that. There are an awful lot of people who seem to be CIA operatives who are spreading nonsense. You heard about the whole QAnon thing, right? You never heard of QAnon? Well, QAnon was a system of absurdities that were spread to kind of excite the conservative base or maybe the fringe conservative base, it was later revealed or thought to be a CIA operation just to confuse everyone. The word of the year this year or last year was gaslighting. Merriam-Webster word of the year. It's very important that you understand that there's a lot of what goes on is not only propaganda, but an absolute lie to invert reality and meant to intimidate or confuse or discourage people who are trying to puzzle their way out of the mess and see the murders for what they are and the genocide for what it is and all the different agendas for what they are. Yeah. Where do you think that the social
2: media and technology, whether it be the cell phone, the iPhone has played in this? We believe that TikTok is a Chinese psychops weapon that it was designed as a means of psychological influence to control the youth and direct their narrative to turn them into a bunch of lazy, superficial, unoriginal, short attention span, stupid, mindless drones. I feel like a lot of the things that we're seeing now, whether it be the transgender movement or must get the jab. Social media, as we're seeing with the Twitter files, it's not necessarily what you show. It's also what you don't show, right? What we found out with Twitter is that you shadow ban the voices that you don't want to be heard, but then even maybe more sinisterly, you amplify the voices. I mean, if you look at it, say an example on on TikTok, you have Dylan Mulvaney. Now, Dylan Mulvaney is one of the more popular members of TikTok, yeah he's got 10 million followers on TikTok with 360 million likes and he, you know he is going through and basically every video is an advertisement for the pharmaceutical company or for something to do with transition right it's like day one of girlhood day two of girlhood and he's each video he's essentially walking you through the process of how to transition from a boy to a girl but each the video is essentially an advertisement i mean he has he you know walks around with a tampon why does he actually walk around with a tampon probably not he's getting paid though to promote tampons he's getting paid to promote certain products specifically the pharmacological products and then just for comparison on tiktok Kim Kardashian has 5.5 million followers and only 22 million likes, which is about half of what Dylan Mulvaney has. And then if you go through and you actually read the comments of Dylan Mulvaney, 99% of the comments are positive. We all know on social media that the vast majority of comments are negative. So the fact that 99% of his comments are positive, especially with the content that he's putting out, I mean, it would never happen. And it, depending on what source you want to read, but uh, I've seen studies where up to 80% of all online social media traffic is fake.
1: I want to mention, he started his account <sighs> just this year. or Sorry, last just last year. So he's only been around a year. You mentioned Kim Kardashian. She's been around. She's been an influencer forever. It has her own TV show. That's why we believe that he's paid. He also got to sit with uh, uh, Dylan Mulvaney, got to sit with the president right? Like who gets to sit with the president? And so definitely he's a, he's an actor plant and he talks like a little kid, which means that his content targets young kids to transition. He vlogs about his transition and then, oh, I'm taking this hormone, I'm taking this. I'm about to go get surgery with a doctor in LA I'm a, uh, or I'm about to do this. So he walks you through the process. It was like, oh, I got breasts now. And then his tone, he's a 25 year old man. Biological man, but his tone as if he speaks to like 10 year olds. So it's very, very bizarre content. But sorry,
0: continue. Uh, So uh, one of the first things you said was you mentioned China and they're capable of anything because they are involved in the fentanyl manufacture in Mexico and promotion of this drug. Essentially, from what I've read, they promote it. They manufacture it for free, give it to the cartels, the cartels sell it to the, I mean, it's an unbelievable thing. It's killing at least 100,000, 100,000 plus kids a year just for the overdoses, not even counting all the problems they've had. So in order to address this transgender thing, we should review what the process is for the listeners who are naive. You drinking that beer too, Kai? <laughs> this is happy hour for you. It's, it's happy only hour. noon there, right? Yeah. It's only noon. Happy Hour starts early in Puerto Rico, right? Well,
1: only when we have podcasts. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it so, sounds like fun.
1: Sometimes it's so early, I have to pretend like I have something to drink. It's the brand. <laughs> okay. Anyway,
0: Continue. I don't think it's a. <laughs> anyway, okay. It's hard to be critical of. The 1%, less than 1%, the fraction of a percent of people who are gender confused, who maybe want to put a dress on when they're males or whatever it is. But the thing that I'm critical of and that I've read about is the... Basically, the destruction of our young girls, the pre-adolescent girls with this set of insane ideas, it's becoming a 5% phenomenon in some areas. It destroys their fertility and a lot of other stuff. The process goes like this. First, they're encouraged to wear breast binders that can... Essentially, destroy the structure of the breasts and make them flat and saggy, and even crack ribs occasionally. And if they do that for a while, then they're encouraged to take a drug called Lupron, which stops their maturity process and destroys the other hormones. If they do well with that for a while, then they encourage them to take testosterone in male doses, which are 10 to 20 times the female levels. This masculizes them permanently. It typically destroys their fertility. Between those two drugs, it destroys their ability to have orgasms frequently. The next step is surgery, right? And so the first surgery they talk about is slicing their breasts off, and they end up with a horizontal scar that looks very unnatural, numb nipples typically. And after that, many of them get hysterectomies and overectomies. These things, permanently change it. It's the only cosmetic surgery that is a permanent change. And all of that stuff is re reimbursed by the federal uh, air programs or whatever they are, you know, Medicaid or, and you can get any of those drugs along the way. They're always encouraged to divorce themselves from their parents because the parents, of course, are trying to stick up for the kids, draw limits and so on. And a lot of them are underage and the surgeons are particularly opportunistic. They don't seem to participate in the judgment the judgment abilities. They just are hired guns who will slice the breast or take the ovaries and the uterus out of anyone. Now the last step on the process is even crazier. The Clitorises grow due to the testosterone, right? They stick out, and there's a procedure to take a big bite of fat and muscle and skin out of the forearm, leaving a disfiguring scar. They try to make a little penis out of that and allow the girls to pee through the penis. This is a frequently botched operation. It's fairly complex, and if it's botched, it can leave you with nothing but a scar down there where the clitoris used to be. Young women have many crises. Young men probably have crises too. I certainly had them, but the young women seem particularly susceptible to these fads. And this represents a hysteria that almost seems related to the Salem witches or the McMartin false identity cases.
2: Some people say this is just a part of late stage capitalism or kind of like the whole universe 25 of the mice study in the 1960s where They created that utopian world for the mice, and it kind of seems what we have now. Do you think this is all part of late-stage capitalism?
0: No, I think it's a psychopathic agenda among many to destroy our fertility, destroy our psychological security, to confuse everyone into being easy to manage and make us submit to totalitarian controls, 1984-style controls, And the central actors are the bankers, which is a hard thing to believe, but um, we can get into that if you want. I mean, it's... uh, Yes,
1: please. The the bankers. The the banksters, yeah.
0: So you guys probably are aware that the Fed, which is our monetary agency in the United States and the worldwide one, the Bank for International Settlements, that those things are privately owned. They're not Ours. They operate on a profit motive. They essentially loan the national debts to governments, which makes them exceedingly powerful, more powerful now than the political leaders. And these bankers have gone completely bonkers. You know, there are two huge families, hugely wealthy families, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, who own possibly majority shares of the entire planet's monetary system in, in these terms. Now, what they do is they impoverish countries with their interest that they're charged on the debt, right? That puts them in the power seat. They have continuously inflated the currencies for hundreds of years. And whether a group has been control in control of it, one group for hundreds of years, we don't know. But certainly we can trace these people back 100 years, and they they basically destroy the currency, and they know from all evidence that we're in an in-game phase with this current currency, the U.S. dollar, which has inflated and is worth a percent or two of what it was 75 or 100 years ago. It may even be worse worse than that. Any of the listeners can look up on the internet and see dollar inflation. They can see these curves that are approaching zero. But the system still works. These guys have thrown trillions of dollars worth of debt onto the system with their control of the Democratic Party and the leadership in the United United States and the White House. And they've sold this idea that infinite debt is reasonable. And while it gives you a short-term buzz, like a heroin injection, ultimately it destroys the money. And Money that doesn't work is the ultimate tower of Babel, which is a biblical legend, and I'm not much of a biblical scholar, but it's a biblical legend where God made the communication possible because he made everybody speak different languages. Our communication between each other economically is based on the dollar. If the dollar is destroyed, something will have to step into that void. It looks like they're pushing the digital currencies that will enable them to control spending and control actually anything. Because if you only have digital currency and you do something wrong, they can turn it off. Now, just to give you an idea of how graphic these psychopaths are, the bank for international settlements, and everyone should look this up right now, just search for bank for international settlements image. And you'll see that this building is shaped in the form of a giant boot. And the boot is a reference to Orwell's 1984. And the quote is something like, imagine the face of humanity being stamped with a giant boot forever. So this is the kind of sense of humor these people have. They knew what they're doing. They know what they're doing all along. It's an open attack on everyone else and an open attempt to run our whole world from the banker's chair.
1: Yeah, I just Googled that building. It does look like a boot.
0: We don't wow, refer is... to Google on this show, Kai. We only what? refer to search for.
1: Okay, my bad. I'll take it back. Okay. I I just searched for that image and yeah, it does look like a boot. It's a this is a sick sense of humor. And this this flies by everybody's noses. Like nobody noticed. I didn't even know this.
0: It's a sadistic personality trait. Gaslighting and conspiracy are these people's central trademarks. If you want to identify a psychopath, if you think you may have a psychopath in your circle, the easiest way to look at them and see what they are is to realize that almost everything they say is a lie. And they are either something meant to trouble you with a question of whether they're telling the truth or not. There's a thing called a psychopath test, and I can read off the attributes of in this test. But the theories are, and I read all this psychopath literature. I had read all these layman's books before, and the titles of these books tell the story. Snakes in Suits, Without Conscience, The Mask of Sanity. The big one was published in 1941, and I got through most of that by this Polish academic. But its I'll read off Robert Hare's psychopath test if you want to hear the So here, glibness, superficial charm, grandiose sense of self-worth, pathological lying, and that's the trademark, conning or manipulation, lack of remorse or guilt, shallow affect, which means callous lack of empathy, failure to accept responsibility for actions, need for stimulation, proneness to boredom, parasitic lifestyle, poor behavioral controls, promiscuous sexual behavior lack of realistic long-term goals, impulsivity, irresponsibility, criminal versatility, many short-term marital relationships. How would you say that differs from
2: narcissism? How does a psychopath differ from a narcissist?
0: Good question. So these labels, such as narcissist and so on, they have been developed in large measure as a treatment guide to pass out drugs, right? And this DSM-3, dsm for whatever they are. It's a Bible of the psychiatrists, which has been largely developed by psychiatrists in the pay of industry. It changes every few years based on a vote of these American Psychiatric Association members. The narcissists have been typically regarded as a problem that many professionals have. And the narcissism is almost a productive quality that you need to have in order to function. So you have to think you're important or you have to think that the narcissistic personality disorder is one of the NPD. That's one of the buzzwords. And a lot of shrinks will label their victims with that kind of a label. People change and grow. And I think narcissism is more common in younger people. Worrying about the world and worrying about turning your view outward is more characteristic of as you mature. Narcissism does not mean you're a psychopath. Psychopaths mean you're completely broken. You have a completely broken operating system with those characteristics. These people, they know what truth and honor and decency is, but Basically, they don't think these apply to them and they cheat and break promises and they make fun of the non-psychopaths and they enjoy the process of being criminals and they like winning in that fashion. They're not as excited by doing good work and they don't feel any pain of other people. They use their traits to pull strings and their personalities are when people realize what they are, they recoil in horror and they use this quality to manipulate people as well as pretending like they're normal. Here's Robert Hare's quote about psychopaths. Psychopaths have a narcissistic and grossly inflated view of their self-worth and importance, a truly astounding egocentricity and sense of entitlement, and see themselves at the center of their universe as superior beings who are justified in living according to their own rules. Being a narcissist doesn't mean you're a psychopath. Or, a sociopath is the sanitized version of the psychopath word. Psychopath is the older terminology, which I think is more accurate.
1: Yeah, I think the psychopaths are willing to go through whatever they have to go through to destroy and eliminate. I guess, uh, Jesse, didn't you read that book? I forget the author now that referred to the common man as like plebs. It, it's like. Well, I mean, I, mean I,
2: was, I, I read uh, the. That
0: was few- Brave New World, I think.
2: Yeah, I read the book. Twenty was it Twenty One Principles for the Twenty First Century. The author is the guy who wrote the book Sapiens, which is a, a famous oh, book. Oh, that guy. He's also part of the World Economic Forum. Harari, he mem- right? He's right. Yeah, Harari. But he he's their little poster boy. Yeah, he's their poster boy, and you know it's kind of funny because Kai was like, I think he's actually exposing their agenda when I was kind of giving her the Cliff Notes version. But it's like, no, he's not. He he believes this stuff. He's it's part a partial of the, hangout. Yeah. His basic thing is that he refers to the working class people as the useless class. He says that in earlier days that the elites, they needed the working class people. They were the ones that were doing all the dirty work, the grunt work, and they were there for the customers as well. But he's saying now with technology and automation and AI and machine learning you don't actually need these people i find it kind of funny because doctors and lawyers and google engineers i think a lot of these people they don't consider them part of the working class but the billionaires consider these people as part of the working class they consider them plebs it doesn't matter if you're a doctor a lawyer an attorney a researcher if you're dr fauci you're all plebs to the actual ruling elite billionaires there are three thousand billionaires or so on this planet they all look at everyone else the same, but you know, Hori in his book basically is like, "Yeah, they're the useless class. We don't need these people anymore." Plainly you know, says maybe,
1: this, <laughs> yeah,
2: and he, and he, yeah, he says the whole plan is day, and that's the thing when people are like, "Oh, these are conspiracy theories." They're not because these people they're so arrogant, and like you're saying, they're psychopaths. They will actually just write books that are bestsellers and just detail their entire plan. They have no shame
0: these beliefs that they outline a lot of them are patently absurd the singularity is the merging of the human with the machine right and that's that's absurd it's something that just it is no pretense of being anything we can project in my opinion if you're wrapped up in a adolescent world where you read science fiction all the time and you work in a gaming environment why that's the sort of thing you can swallow pretty easily one of the fascinating things that some of these guys believe in is Freezing their own heads. Have you heard of this story? There's a there's a group in I think it's Arizona that maybe New Mexico that I think it's called Alcon, who will freeze your head for a price. They have not revived anyone yet, but they say that in the future they'll be happy to bring you all back to life. And I read a book about this. It is a decade old, but these guys, unfortunately, they have sometimes they have trouble with the refrigeration and they they unfreeze the heads accidentally then of course they freeze them back up and claim everything's okay and continue to collect the rent but anyway the other thing they talk about it just sounds like skynet and the terminator in some of these this writing it's absurd
1: this is so surreal i just never really imagined it would be like this it makes sense of course because it's like how come the psychopaths are in power it's almost like it's played well because they had to be psychopaths to get to where they are. It's so evil. I just didn't think we'd have to deal with this in our lifetime. Like, Kai,
0: Kai, I hate to be the buzzkill. You know what? Have you heard that term, buzzkill? Yep. Maybe that was my generation, you know, not yours. <laughs>
1: no, no, you're no, so. The- you're totally so right, but go ahead. These
0: people are holding these delusions and this delusion that these communist societies are going to work, that's the stupidest idea of all. It's just not, they're not productive. And the idea that they're going to be more wealthy if they they burn our freedoms down and destroy the productivity of the rest of society is just patently absurd.
1: Did money turn what? them into psychopaths? Start to interrupt. Well, we don't know money? what
0: the chicken and the egg is. Okay. They, certainly the psychopathic... Qualities are successful at adaptations to get to the top of these pyramids. Where, have you ever heard of the professional managerial class, of the PMC? No. I, the one thing that I just want to bring up really quickly is that diversity, inclusion, and equity—if you transpose the letters, it's D I E, right? And that's a that's another sense of humor on these guys' part.
1: Yeah, I said that the other day. Yeah. Night, so I thought it was a coincidence, but I'm like,
0: no, it's no coincidence. It's like the
1: boot, the boot building. Yeah,
0: it's like the boot. Holy
1: crap. I mean, was it, okay, was the original Rockefeller or the Vanderbilt? They were ruthless entrepreneurs back in the day, and they built this country, the railroads and infrastructure and things like that. Were they original psychopaths, or did that kind of come later?
0: The Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. I wasn't alive back then, and I have no clue. The history is pretty apparent. There is evidence that our current medical structure was constructed by Rockefeller Grants and Rockefeller in order to control the doctors. The agenda now is obvious. They basically want to destroy our productivity and our sense of self, which contributes to the productivity, our freedoms, which is the keystone of the productivity. We know they're psychopaths, not because we've given them a test, but we know from their behavior and these agendas are all psychopathic agendas. Every single one is irrational, counterproductive, they're terrible. I have a friend who says that if you haven't thrown up your breakfast by 11 a.m. every morning, you haven't been keeping up with current events. And that's the way I feel sometimes, Kai. I I hate to be the black, black pill here.
2: Yeah. I just asked about the PMC and the professional managerial class, though, because this is a class that started in the 1960s. There's different definitions of basically kind of professionals that do, quote, unquote, mental work. A lot of professors, you know, scientists, nowadays you would say, course, quote unquote, scientists, because they're not really doing any science. You'd have bureaucrats, Dr. Anthony Fauci would be considered part of the PMC, Google engineers, Twitter engineers, you're all part of the PMC because they don't actually control or own the business. And. This class has just gotten so big. So you went to Harvard in the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s. You got a degree in gender studies. What are you going to do with it? Well, you're going to conflate what gender is because you're not going to have a job doing anything else. An art history major, you become a professor where you're teaching how Lady Gaga intersects with the Mohican tribe and the South African continent of Majakwa in order to create a job. The professional managerial class has turned into a racket where they're basically all grifters and they essentially have a lot of power in the economy because they're privileged with their jobs i've read articles where they blend the woke movement and a lot of the agendas that we're seeing now on this professional managerial class who was the one that wanted lockdowns it was all the leftist professional managerial classes
0: you you're looking at an effect rather than a cause cause are the global predators the causes are the psychopaths and they're the ones funding and advancing these agendas and these guys are useless fools and there's a classic psychopathic in countries such as soviet russia back in the day i hope where they would fund academics to produce lines of nonsense that were whatever the cabal at the time was advancing you've got people like fauci in the united states and Almost all the academics are controlled by money now. 75% of the healthcare funding comes from three sources, the Wellcome Trust in Britain, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and Fauci's NIAID group. These people are controlled by the money. Unless they look under the rock that they're directed to look under and find the conclusions they are directed to find, you have a situation where they're not gonna get any more any more funding this is a classic strategy of the psychopath.
1: i wonder if that professional managerial class are like the pawns to enact the agenda someone has to physically enact yeah. these things so they're the pawns Who? and they actually believe this stuff but they're paid well is the thing um didn't you look up so jesse we've been making memes uh diversity officer makes more money than a nasa scientist. Or a plumber, it's a skill to be a plumber. These diversity, inclusion, equity people are paid close to like two hundred thousand dollars a year to go around teaching you how to be anti-racist.
2: Well, of the of the top twenty highest paid professions in America, I believe eighteen were in the healthcare field. One was a pilot, and then the other one was a diversity, equity, and inclusion officer so the average pay is somewhere around a quarter million dollars a year and the requirements are basically non-existent because the whole job it's a BS job I mean David was a, I've, I don't know how to pronounce his last name but it's like David Grubber or whatever he wrote the book called bullshit Jobs and he basically outlined I think he said 75 percent of jobs are, are BS and of course diversity equity and inclusion director would be at the top of the bullshit job heap.
0: Plumbers actually do pretty well. (laughs) At least are rumored to do pretty well sometimes. The the healthcare is such a mess, and I'll review this for you guys, I think I mentioned it last time, that easily half of what we do is completely useless or actually harmful, and that's not academically controversial. The academics say that that's true and they can list all these different procedures which are standard of care, but they actually probably do a lot of harm our entire psychiatric formulary, the drugs used for psych, in my opinion, do far more harm than good. The reason why I take this position is Robert Whitaker's work. And what he found was the third world has better outcomes for psychiatric conditions than the United States because they don't have those drugs, right? They have better, better long-term outcomes. We should get rid of half of it. It's hard to get rid of it though. It's so entrenched in our profit-making, it's $4 trillion expenditures in the United States a year. It should be two. We should just cut it all down. I'm just ashamed of the whole thing. The doctors are complicit. But as Kai noted, they're fooled. I'm close to someone who's a country leader, and I thought he was either bribed or threatened. But I learned after I sat him down and did a little biopsy on what he was thinking for about two hours that he was fooled. He believed the narrative, and I guess his problem is that he's got three TVs on all the time. They're tuned to three different news networks. Emerson, I think, was the one who said that a man becomes what he thinks about most of the time, and that's definitely true. If you talk to these people, what you get is you get gaslighting sound bites that they learn from their sources in mainstream media, and they're all saying the same thing. It reminds me of the
2: famous quote, it is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on his not, not understanding, not understanding it. it. You've written three books. You have your Butcher Bit Healthcare, you have Cassandra's Memo, your latest book, and then you have the Hormone Secrets.
0: Four books. Hormone, oh, four, and what's your fourth book called? Well, that was the one I wrote 20 years ago about cosmetic surgery. A new body oh, okay. in one day. Anyway, okay. go ahead. Right, so you got the the four
2: books. I've read three of them, so my apologies, I did not read read your original book. But last time we had you on, and in your book, you kind of allude to how I think all at least you know when it comes to to women, you think is simply a matter of taking hormone supplements and that hormones, there's not a whole lot of profit in them because they're not really proprietary because the body manufactures it itself. When it comes to a lot of conditions that people suffer from, whether it be diabetes, whether it be Alzheimer or some type of dementia, high blood pressure, what are things that the average person is able to do where they don't have to go to the doctor? Or at least if they go to the doctor, maybe they're taking a generic or some type of more affordable preventative medication people should be focusing on the preventative side of things you never even get to the point where you have to try to reverse some type of illness
0: okay now that's a lot of issues and very broad stuff including even the generics i'll start at the end first if you want to learn about generics um generics are a complicated story and i have a full chapter about them in butchered by healthcare it's pretty definitive i reviewed several sources for that 90 percent of our drugs are generics in America because proprietary drugs have been priced out of our affordability. You can get the proprietary drugs on the foreign market and have them sent into the United States. And as far as I can tell, that's a little crime that's being completely ignored. To just review the Alzheimer's thing, and this is going to sound just incredible, there's pretty good evidence that if women take Estrogen, from the time of their menopause, which is usually around 50, they cut their chances of Alzheimer's disease by at least 75 or 85%. Being knowledgeable about hormone therapy and hormone treatments is important for both men and women. And I think testosterone probably has longevity effects for men. That's a broad claim based on no clear study because you can't take men and women, put them in a box and give them testosterone in one cage and none in the other, or estrogen. The evidence is pretty pretty clear for that. Now, as far as how you can live longer and do better, I think the easiest things to do are to eliminate toxins. So we've got things that are you can easily affect. And first among these is something that kills, or is related to the deaths of about one in five people in America, and that's smoking. So you are going to try to avoid smoking at all costs and I can't say I'm completely innocent of that. Learn about your diets, don't eat anything that you can't identify or that comes out of a foil package, and you'll be better off. The current theories about diet We've swung a pendulum towards eating more animal products, including animal fats. The seed oils are now getting implicated in all kinds of inflammatory diseases, which is what has increased. Heart disease and cancer are the big killers. Crisco was invented as one of these first seed oils, and it was widely promoted since 1911 when it was invented. You have to stay away from these fats, and this means you can't eat out. You can eat sushi if you don't eat any of the stuff with sauce on it. If you just eat sashimi and rice, you're fine. The seed oils are universal in salad dressings and so on. Type 2 diabetics, they can pretty much throw away their medications and they lose weight steadily. And they do very well on pure protein diet, particularly beef. The chicken and the hogs, they have less of an ability to cope with the seed oils which are universally fed to livestock in the United States. So beef is probably safer. That's a summary of risks that are easily modifiable. As far as who do you go to, there is probably as much fraud in the alternative space or more than there is in standard medicine. So always regard your healthcare provider with skepticism. If they don't seem to be doing the job, fire them quickly. Just yes. like lawyers. Sorry, I, guy, go ahead.
1: That's okay. I, I So I know someone who got diabetes later on in life after 40s, and then that was just type 2 diabetes, and now she's on insulin. And, okay, and, then, so, and this is not so medical advice.
0: Insulin, yeah, it's not medical advice. This insulin is an irrational thing for type 2 diabetes because what it does is it controls a number, you know, your blood sugar, rather than having any predictive effect on your health. Right, so it actually helps you gain weight, and so it's irrational. Now we have one oral medication called metformin. We have tremendous experience with it. It's at least thirty years old. It may even be older, and it helps lose helps you lose weight. You have to take enough. You can't just take a small amount. You got to take a gram twice a day. And the problem with it is they get diarrhea and they get stomach cramping and stuff like that. So if you tolerate it, that usually helps. But the real solution for type 2 diabetes, for many people, are these all beef diets, beef, eggs, and cheese. And if you can stand the constipation, and I couldn't, (laughs) I tried it for months, might produce a better health. If your listeners subscribe to my Substack, .substack robertyoho.substack.com, I've got an article coming out about all these issues.
1: We started eating more meat and cutting out carbs. What we do is we cook it in a slow cooker. It cooks for like 12 hours. I used to have like what you said more constipation when I ate meat so I wouldn't eat it but now that we found this other way to cook the meat we cook it in a slow cooker so it softens and I found that my bowel movements are more regular now with just doing the meat um and I and by the way I used to be a vegetarian vegan I bought into the I drank the the vegetarian Kool-Aid because I thought it was cruelty to animals and the environment after I went Van Winkle and woke up from that crap. I started eating meat and it seems like I found that if you cook it well enough, uh, it works. It's working well so far.
0: It's a great tip. I'll try that.
1: Yeah. And then you don't even have to think about it anymore. Cause you just toss it in there, put salt and pepper, put a ribeye in there or a chuck, and 10 hours later, it's you've got a really perfectly good steak. <laughs>
0: Cheap, so. Cheaper cuts, I'm sure, are, are nice too.
1: Yeah. Cheaper you can cu- buy cheaper cuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's even cheaper cuts, you wouldn't even think it was a cheap cut because it tastes so good. It's so tender, flavorful because it's been there for like 10 hours. We've been finding that we're losing a little more weight now from doing that. We still eat carbohydrates, of course, but try to really minimize it. Don't do kale like I used to. I used to just bring like coolers to a restaurant with raw kale to signal my friends that, you know, I'm virtue signaling with my Yeah, I go to restaurants, people hated me. I mean, they were just so annoyed, but I would bring a cooler full of raw kale and beets and I would virtue signal to my friends that are like, oh, I'm just this righteous vegetarian that you shouldn't be eating that, you know. It's horrible. It sucks being Rip Van Winkle, man, cuz I feel like an idiot. I want to go back to the Jordan Peterson. So let's assume and it's not assume, but let's say you you were in his shoes. What would you do? if your license is at risk or your livelihood, what will you do at that case? And you have to now do this social media training. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, there's two considerations. One, does he need the money? And I don't think he does. I think he's making his money on the other stuff. And the second is, would losing this PhD license or whatever it is, the counseling license, impact his credibility? I don't know the answer to that one. He must think it's worth doing. They went after Mercola's license and Mercola fought him and beat him. You can beat these licensure boards, but it's not cheap. And I think Peterson probably has enough money to pay the lawyers and to figure it out. But it's always an aggravation. Uh, I resigned my medical license in the middle of some problems and litigation. A friend of mine told me, a well-known cosmetic surgeon said, if you do this work, expect trouble you know so of course all of us have trouble there seems to be about one fatality per career in cosmetic surgery they're they're rare but of course i had mine and i unfortunately had another guy operate my facility and he had his there too within four months you're never consider yourself completely blameless and you always get sued that was essentially the story and the medical boards they try to dance on your chest as much as possible. They, they're a money-making operation. They have a budget in California, $60 million a year to censure doctors. They make all of it from doctors with this dues thing that they do. So I had a chance to either quit and not bother with them and I didn't need the money and I'm not a public figure, at least I wasn't then, and so I just resigned my license. I sort of face the same thing uh, Peterson faces, but I think he should probably beat them in court. And it's possible to do that. They don't have a grounds to stand on. They're operating in an arbitrary fashion, and they are making up things as they go along. And you can usually point that out to the judge. In the case of
2: Jordan Peterson, he clearly doesn't need his clinical psychiatrist license. However, since he is one of the biggest online social media influencers, so to speak, in all of Canada, that they're just trying to make an example out of him. Jordan Peterson has the means to actually defend himself. Let's hypothetically say that Jordan Peterson loses, then the government has nothing to lose. If they can censor Jordan Peterson, you can censor anybody. And if Jordan Peterson wins, he spent a lot of money. Just going through the process, even if he wins, it's just putting people through the ringer for something that... Quite frankly, he didn't do anything wrong. And even in the specific case of Jordan Peterson, a lot of the tweets that they're pointing to weren't even from him. He just simply retweeted posts from other people that happened to go against Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada.
0: Yeah, it's a dystopian thing up there. I can't believe. I've got friends in Canada and in Australia. I wish we had the means to help them, but we've got to get our own act together first.
1: Do you think that it is possible that... Cryptocurrency will be used to control. So they can shut it off right. anytime. For instance, so if you buy like a big truck or you rent a car and you drive around to go on a road trip, it counts to your carbon emissions score. And then they can just stop. They can just mess with your funds because they can control it according to your carbon score, if you will.
0: Your DIE <laughs> score, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: So the answer to this is this thing is a psychopathic agenda, which is designed for control. It's not anything that makes any sense rationally. I don't know how they got everybody to think this is all true. The basic arguments about the fossil fuel and all that stuff. There is no change in the climate. There is no change in the sea level. This scale disaster of resource depletion, pollution, and climate degeneration has been predicted for 30 or 40 years and has never happened. What's happened instead is Africa, which had a double-digit starvation rate, maybe 25 percent 30 years ago, now is single-digit. Everything's getting better. As people obtain access to cheap, reliable energy, the environmental and quality of human life improved dramatically. 88% of the energy in the world is fossil fuel. And fortunately, we're never going to run out because we have enough for thousands of years. There is no peak oil. That's just nonsensical too. We have this phenomenal amount of fuel. It doesn't cause harm. It causes good when it's burned. Increasing the carbon in the atmosphere is helpful because it has a greening effect. And we can even see this In the very, very minimal amount of, now this is theoretical, but the NASA photographs show some greening since they were first taken to now. There's a little bit of increase in the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, but it's not a crisis. And mammals have survived through periods of four times what they are now. Carbon dioxide has decreased dramatically over the last 175 million years. And this is about the length of time mammals have been on Earth. The solar and wind power, they're costly, they're unscalable, they're unreliable, and a net waste of energy when you count in the production of the machines. The craziest agenda of all is this idea that nuclear energy is somehow related to environmental advantage. They're equating the hazards of bombs with our very safe, very clean nuclear power plants that we have not put into work, a nuclear power plant in the United States since the 1970s. I'm going to give you a statistic and quote a quote of source. You're not going to believe this either. This is just as crazy as thinking you can prevent all the Alzheimer's. Nuclear plants run 90% of the time. How long does it take to pay back their construction costs? Just make a wild guess and cut it by nine tenths.
1: I was gonna now, say maybe maybe like five years.
0: I was gonna say three years. Six weeks, if you don't count the regulatory costs. Wow. Six, fuck, Get six out. Weeks. Now here's my here's my source. You may not have heard of this substack, but it's called Doomberg, D-O-O-M-B-E-R-G. It's a group of people. <clears throat> who essentially have similar views as Alex Epstein or Patrick, Patrick Moore? Moore is- yeah. Look at doomberg and you can listen. Their stuff is generally behind a paywall, but you can listen to one of his podcasts and a complete interview that is free on what Bitcoin did podcast. Okay. It's like the last two or three months. So listen to that. It's excellent. And that's where this figure came from now if you count regulatory costs who knows what it's going to cost but they pay back construction costs within the first six weeks it's it's insane we've got problems in california we've got water problems those things we could probably get enough water to freaking irrigate with
1: you're saying that the government will pay construction costs of nuclear power or nuclear plants what i'm saying is that
0: the construction costs are paid back by six weeks of energy production.
1: Of produ- after oh.
0: six weeks, after the nuclear power yeah, is, yeah.
1: So my next, uh, I wanted to ask, how did he come to six weeks?
0: I guess I don't have the link for that, and they said they were going to publish it on the What Bitcoin Did website. It's Peter
1: McCormack's okay. Peter
0: McCormack. Yeah. So listen to yeah.
1: that. Actually, I have a question. So I'm sure people know this, or experts know this about nuclear plants. I also drank that the Kool-Aid, that nuclear plants were bad, and I was scared of them all the time. This is one in San Diego, right? I think it's probably close now. San Onofre. San Onofre, yeah. I used to surf there all the time, <laughs> and I, I would be so scared that I'm swimming in this water, and it's like infested with nuclear toxicity or whatever. But I wonder what the agenda is. Uh, what's the agenda of not building nuclear plants?
0: It's a psychopathic agenda. They want to destroy okay. us. That's the story. It's irrational. They've managed to convince everyone that they're telling the truth. Even if you believe the carbon stuff, which you don't have to believe that stuff to understand what our path should be. If you believe that we have too much carbon, you can still beat this problem with human ingenuity and these small, scalable, relatively inexpensive nuclear plants. They're being deployed in other areas of the world, which aren't as insane as we are. We've got the lunatics in charge of our asylum.
2: What motivates you at this point you're retired, you could just kind of sail off into the sunset and get a beach house in Cabo or wherever, Puerto Rico, like we live. What kind of motivates you? Some people, when I bring up some of these topics and they're like, oh, those people are just shills, specifically referencing uh, Dr. Patrick Moore. And I'm like, this guy's 75 years old. He's been canceled. He has nothing to gain. He's not making any money on this. You have nothing to gain. Like you're not making money on these books. You're not making money on the sub stack. And you And know, if you wanted to make money, you could just keep your medical license and give people the job and make more money that way than speaking out on it. What is your goal with everything that you're doing with all the books that you're writing, with all the podcasts that you're doing, all the time that you're spending on this, all the articles you're writing on Substack?
0: Well, Jesse, my basic belief structure is that if you're not doing something for someone else, you're wasting your life. And I've got a chance to contribute here in a bigger way than I've ever done before after I woke up and understood. It was Einstein. He said something to the effect that those who understand have a duty to act. I know how short my life is and I feel like I don't have much to lose. I can get killed and it wouldn't be that huge a loss for me or anyone else. I'm trying to contribute in the short time I have left. I don't know how anyone who understands what's going on can't join in the fight. It's the World War Z quote, right? Nobody wants to believe it until it happens to them. <laughs> Brad Pitt said it best, right?
1: Yeah, or uh, yeah. whoever wrote the script. Wrote for wrote that script that one. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of what do you think of woke Hollywood these days? Well,
0: surely rhetorical. That was a rhetorical question. Yeah, totally. Right?
1: All, all of it's rhetorical. <laughs> but you know, you're in LA, you're seeing all, all this, this stuff being shoved down our throats. They're out of hand. It's completely out of hand. Even when they lose money making these stupid movies, and then they complain that certain movies aren't woke enough or not diverse enough. What are your thoughts on all this nonsense?
0: The woke Hollywood Disney is a very evil actor because it's so tremendously influential with young kids. And they're being brought up with these images. Even people that are in their 30s now were brought up with Disney images. And my generation was brought up with Disney images too, but it wasn't so harmful. All this crazy transgender stuff and all... Disney is packed with woke individuals of various species and subcultures. They have tremendously negative influence on the little kids and maybe on the rest of the culture. I'm convinced that the quality of the movies has declined tremendously... But maybe I've matured to the point where I wouldn't have liked the movies that I liked before. What do we have now? We've got these Netflix movies, which I occasionally watch anyway. And I watch older movies because they don't have the same irritating qualities. It all kind of went down the hill, downhill at 2000, roughly. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, we've been doing the same. If we just wanted to wind down, then I think we started watching Family Matters recently. Some of these old sitcoms that... Didn't have to be woke, and everything has to be diverse. Even though if it doesn't fit a character, everything is politically correct, quote IE. Um It's not even just Disney; it's all of them. What was that latest movie with the blue aliens?
2: The newest Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. avatar. Two.
1: You heard about the the there was a new Avatar, and apparently that wasn't woke enough.
0: I saw that movie.
1: Did you? What are what were your thoughts on it?
0: Well. You know, Avatar was a tremendously influential and innovative movie, and I thought it was beautifully done. I identified with the character. He was a paraplegic because I had injured a foot and I couldn't do a lot of the things that I did before. I fell off a rock climb and permanently injured my left foot and have arthritis in the left foot. So I really liked it. This one was not as good. But it was still interesting, and it didn't seem to have any destructive themes that I could see. The kids save the day at the end, like a Disney movie. You know, the kids save the adults. So I recommend it, but not wholeheartedly.
1: Apparently, they said that yeah, the new Avatar is culturally appropriating indigenous peoples, and
0: oh my goodness,
1: yeah, that was the new complaint.
0: <laughs> was, yeah, there's always some complaint.
1: There's always they some hate
0: complaint. Cameron that Hollywood hates Cameron because he's contemptuous of the whole crew. Remember, he didn't even accept his uh, Academy Awards, I don't think, for the first Avatar. He didn't show up. Yeah, he didn't show up. It's like, okay, I'm not even going to bother to go. It richly deserved the best picture that year, and they didn't give him that.
1: It's unfortunate because I feel like the kids will grow up hating one another because they're being taught critical race theory, and then they tell all the white kids they're oppressors, and if you're a white male, or are automatically born an oppressor. <laughs> the kids that are transitioning and they're getting mutilated and then all of a sudden they have to detransition because they have a plethora of physical damages and health issues later on in life because they've just messed with a perfectly healthy body. So 10, 20 years from now, I don't know what that generation is going to look like. I hope they're going to be really awesome
0: depression and anxiety and all kinds of problems. Yeah, But you know, the, our, our hope for the future actually is immigrants. We've got plenty of those and the ones from Eastern Bloc countries understand what's going on. They're horrified by it all. They may be our leadership later. Some of my
2: friends that are immigrants, Kai was born in the Philippines and moved to the U S when she was a teenager. A lot of my friends that are immigrants are actually Republican and were Trump supporters and Trump voters are American friends are basically like, oh, you're stupid. You should be voting liberal. Like liberals, the political group for immigrants. And she's like, why would I vote for liberal policy? That's what we're escaping. Like we're escaping this far leftist control. Like why would we want to vote for the exact same thing that we're running from people in California, running from California to Texas and then voting a Democrat in Texas after the Democrats ruined the state? Like why would you vote for the same party? And it's just funny because she's just like, why would you tell me how i'm oppressed i was the one who whether it's venezuela or el salvador like you're telling me who i should vote like you have no clue what actual oppression is
0: it just it makes no sense to me (sighs) yeah it's horrible i mean what what can you say we've been sheltered for so long and i guess if my kids find out that I was right later, after I'm gone, it's not gonna do me much good, but I I gotta try.
2: Robert, we've had you on for almost two hours now, and what's kind of some of the things that we didn't hit on that you wanted to talk about or some type
0: of final thought that we should discuss? We could talk about the vaccines, the childhood vaccines. And if you think, if you think the COVID vaccine is bad, then you'd better study the childhood vaccine and wonder wonder if the wool's been pulled over your eyes again. The traditional medical stance was that the vaccines were definitely good and there was no way to challenge them. That's how they've gotten away with never studying these using sugar pill or saline controls ever. They've never been studied. And there's a whole lot of evidence that shows that they cause a lot of problems. They don't study things that are already in use and which they have liability shields on. There's a liability shield since 1986 that Reagan signed in a law that said that no one could sue the vaccine manufacturers. We have what's called anecdotes, right? An anecdote is supposedly a weaker form of evidence, but see if you think this is weak. You have a population of many millions who is being vaccinated, 300 million in this country. Everybody gets vaccines almost, And you've got 10,000 kids who immediately after getting a vaccine fall down on the floor, start banging their heads and never speak again. So is that evidence or is that evidence? That's called an anecdote, but it's powerful anecdotal evidence that we should never use ordinary vaccines with almost no exception. Now, if you live in a country with rabid animals everywhere, maybe getting the rabies vaccine makes sense, but it's risky And every single one of these things causes more fatalities than they save. Every single one. Some of the ones throughout history have been held up as vaccine successes. When you dig into the stories like smallpox, you realize that they caused much more illness than they ever prevented. These companies have been given a license to promote things that are demonstrated to have some sort of marker associated with them and not demonstrated to improve fatality rates and the marker on these vaccines that they've been allowed to promote is that they produced antibodies. Well, who cares what's happening on a microscopic level if more of you die, right? We
1: need a little bit of hopeful <laughs> hopeful advice. <laughs> I
0: didn't I didn't mean to ruin your day, your guy, I'm sorry.
1: Oh no, I mean we talk I it, that's the thing as we talk about this constantly, we were having a conversation last night that like we have to probably uh, Jesse was saying, we just have to consume less content. We can make content, but consume less of it. Um, I
0: take Sundays off and don't even turn on the cell phone.
1: Oh, wow.
2: I, I should I like probably that.
0: do it Saturday and Sunday. Digital holiday. People are like, oh,
2: how are you going to monetize your podcast? Because, of course, we're not making any money on this podcast. We spend money. We spend money and like our, I was like, I think we should just do a digital detoxification in Puerto Rico, honestly, where people come to PR, where we live for a week. And just enjoy being on the beach, enjoy being out in the sun and talking with people. And Kai's like, well, isn't that kind of like hypocritical to like advertise (laughs) a digital detoxification? On a podcast full of conspiracy
1: theories.
2: Right, but I'm like, well, I mean, people need to be aware of things, but at the same time you still need to take a break from this stuff to keep your sanity. I think that you can balance the two. People do need to, to get off social media, get off their cell phone, just, you know turn off cnn or any mainstream media and just like
0: you're saying one day a week of turning the cell phone off but the way i never watch that stuff i don't think anybody should watch cnn or the other mainstream media 100 yeah 100 percent agree
1: well we use it to kind of try and see if we can grab content to talk about but (sighs) (laughs) I <laughs> just like have to point stuff out but um ever since you started turning off the cell phone on Sundays what what has that been like like for you did that change it like anything or your just mental state or what
0: well I'm not so virtuous in that regard what I did was I probably worked seven days a week for 10 weeks in a row right up to 60 70 80 hours a week and then i just about fell down and couldn't do anything it took three days off so my my new year's resolution was at least take sundays off and not turn on the cell phone
1: congratulations on publishing the book it's on amazon and we're going to link everything uh, all the links again to find uh, robert's work will be linked in the description you sell the book not just in amazon right you sell it independent of amazon
0: I'm not set up to do that right now. I'd like like to set up the audio to sell independently, but Amazon's the biggest platform. The thing that would help me the most is for your listeners to review it. And you don't have to read the whole thing. There are no rules about reviews.
1: Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. And I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to your people.
1: And that is it for this episode of El Podcast. Once again, if you're new to the channel and if you like the podcast, please consider subscribing on YouTube. You can also find us on Rumble and download the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We thank you so humbly for listening to the show. Uh, Feel free to comment uh, if there are certain topics that you'd like us to cover or certain authors that you'd like us to invite to the show. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode.